Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 84 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of the MTS FCPA enforcement action. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Before we get started, two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and rate the podcast to help let other compliance professionals know about the podcast. Second, I wanted to mention that my firm, the Volkoff Law Group, provides ethics and compliance program services, including compliance program design and implementation, assessments and audit and integration, planning and audits for newly acquired businesses. We have extensive experience in the anti-corruption area and are frequently retained uh, because of our reputation in providing practical and targeted solutions that advance compliance needs, promote an ethical culture, and support business operations. If interested in our services in this area, please contact me at mvolkov at volkovlaw.com. Well, today we turn to the uh, case against mobile telesystems, the Russian mobile carrier, which settled uh, an FCPA case with the Justice Department uh, for $850 million and uh, had related uh, criminal indictments issued uh, against a government official as well as an MTS senior executive. So this was another blockbuster FCPA prosecution, which we've uh, seen in 2019, Uh, The Justice Department and the SEC announced an $850 million settlement with Mobile Telesystems, or MTS, Russia's largest mobile carrier. At the same time, the Justice Department announced criminal indictments against an MTS executive and the notorious corrupt Uzbek official uh, Gulnara Karamovov on criminal charges. So I mentioned that MTS is the largest mobile telecommunications company in Russia and has stock that is publicly traded in the United States. MTS's wholly owned subsidiary in Uzbekistan, Kolorit Dizayan, or Kolorit, agreed to plead guilty to FCPA charges. MTS itself entered into a three-year deferred prosecution agreement with the Justice Department and agreed to the appointment of an independent compliance monitor. MTS also agreed to an SEC administrative settlement and payment of a $100 million penalty for anti-bribery, books and records, and internal controls provisions violations. And DOJ is going to credit the $100 million civil penalty paid to the SEC to the overall $850 million criminal penalty. At the same time, the Justice Department unsealed criminal indictments against Gulnara Karmavov, the daughter of the former president of Uzbekistan, and Beksod uh, Akhmadeyev, former MTS executive based in Uzbekistan. Karmavov has been under uh, house arrest in Uzbekistan since 2014, Uh, Starting in 2015, DOJ has filed a number of civil, well, filed a civil forfeiture complaints against Karamovov assets uh, that are worth more than $850 million, including bank accounts in Switzerland, Luxembourg, and Ireland. So Karamovov herself was charged with one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering, 
Akhmedov was charged in the same indictment with one count of conspiracy to violate the FCPA, two counts of violating the FCP, substantive counts, and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. Karamovov is accused of accepting more than $865 million in bribes and laundering the illegal proceeds through the U.S. financial system uh, as part of three separate FCPA prosecutions involving MTS, as well as, going back in history here, Vimplecom and Telia Sonera. So this is the third case brought by DOJ and the SEC involving public telecommunications companies operating in Uzbekistan. Last year, uh, Telia Sonera paid $965 million in total penalties to resolve uh, FCPA charges in Uzbekistan. In 2016, Vimplecom reached a $795 million FCPA settlement with the DOJ and SEC for FCPA violations, obviously, in Uzbekistan. In total, U.S. and foreign authorities have recovered $2.6 billion for bribery violations in the telecommunications market in Uzbekistan. So let's start first with in, in applying the FCPA co- corporate enforcement policy factors. MTS did not voluntarily disclose the matter to the Justice Department. MTS's cooperation and remediation was lacking because it was slow to provide information and evidence in response to DOJ requests. And MTS failed to discipline senior executives involved in the conduct. DOJ also noted a mitigating factor included the fact that the Uzbek government expropriated MTS's telecommunications assets in Uzbekistan, resulting in no realized pecuniary gain to the company's telecommunications assets in Uzbekistan. As a result, the Justice Department and MTS agreed that MTS would pay a total fine equal to 25% above the bottom of the federal sentencing guidelines range. So according to the government, MTS paid $420 million in bribes to enter the Uzbekistan market and operate in the country for eight years, from 2004 to 2012. During the eight-year period, MTS generated revenues of more than $2.4 billion. And then MTS shut down operations in Uzbekistan after the expropriation of their assets uh, in 2016. But the MTS uh, bribery scandal in Uzbekistan represents the culmination sort of of several significant FCPA investigations involving Vimplecom, Telia Sonera, uh, MTS, and Gulnara Karamavov, the notoriously corrupt daughter of the former Uzbek president. Karamavov is perhaps one of the most notorious corrupt offenders in the world. And like I said earlier, she's been under arrest in house arrest in Uzbekistan since her father died since 2014. So according to MTS's admissions in the statement of facts, MTS and its subsidiaries, Uzdan Robita and Kolorit, paid approximately $420 million in bribes to Karamovov, who had significant influence of the Uzbek government and telecommunications regulators. 
The bribes were paid on several occasions during this eight-year period from 20, 2004 to 2012. Uh, for example, the bribes were paid to enter the market, to continue operating the market, and uh, to expand eventually to additional frequencies. MTS and its subsidiaries structured the transaction through payments to shell companies that MTS and its local subsidiary, Uzdan Robita, knew knew were beneficially owned by Karamovov. And that's the important point. We have shell companies that were owned by Karamova and that uh, MTS knew and the personnel knew that was beneficially owned by Karamovov although she tried to uh, disguise her ownership. So MTS uh, and Uzdan Robita also acquired Colorit, knowing that the price that MTS paid was inflated in order to pay Karamovov uh, bribes in exchange for Uzdan Robita's continuing to operate in Uzbekistan. Additionally, Uzdan Robita made payments to purported charities and sponsorships to entities that were controlled by Karamovov. The Uzbek government, like I said, uh, expropriated Uzdan Robida in 2012 as a result of MTS's failure to satisfy Karamovov's uh, demands for additional bribery payments. MTS booked the bribery payments falsely as acquisition costs, option payments, purchases of regulatory assets, and charitable donations. The criminal indictment against Karamova and MTS's Uzbek executive uh, uh, Beksod uh, Akhmedeev outlined their roles in an $865 million bribery and money laundering scheme. According to the indictment, Karamova demanded hundreds of millions in bribes from Telia Sonora, Vimplecom, now Vian and MTS to acquire telecommunications licenses in Uzbekistan. Karamovov's father, Islam Karamovov, was then president of Uzbekistan, and he is now deceased. Akhmedov arranged the payment of the bribes to Karamovov. The Justice Department alleged that Karamovov laundered the bribe money through U.S. bank accounts. Karamovov, as the daughter of the then president of Uzbekistan, is considered a foreign official under the FCPA. So let's go through the bribery payments for a moment. Here in the summer of 2004, MTS acquired 74% of Uzdan Robida by purchasing 41, a 41% stake from a U.S. company, which was undisclosed, and a 33% stake from a Karamovov-owned shell company. MTS knew that Karamovov controlled the shell company. MTS paid $100 million for the shell company's 33% stake, which was six times, and this is an important point here, six times more per share than MTS paid the U.S. company for a 41% stake. MTS knew that a portion of the payment to the Karamovov shell company was made in exchange for Uzdan Robida's ability to operate in Uzbekistan. The Karamovov shell company retained a 26% option that could be exercised at a price of $37 million. Two years later, Karamovov demanded to exercise the option at a market price much, much higher than the $37 million price fixed in 2004. 
The amended price was agreed to in exchange for MTS's continuing ability to operate in the Uzbek market. Eventually, MTS paid $250 million to the Karamovov Shell Company, uh, obviously representing uh, almost a seven uh, times increase in the price from $37 million to $250 million. During the review and consideration of the, this revised option agreement, a new MTS executive raised concerns about the transaction, and this is interesting to watch. Uh, he also raised concerns about the relationship between Karamovov and the Shell Company. Citing public sources and reporting, the new MTS executive advocated for a due diligence investigation of the Shell Company and determination of Karamovov's connection to the Shell Company. In response, MTS management uh, isolated uh, the executive, restricted dissemination of the executive's communications and specific concerns. In response to the MTS executive's concerns, MTS hired a U.S. law firm to conduct due diligence of the Shell Company. Then certain uh, MTS management again restricted the disclosure of information to the law firm concerning the Shell Company and the fact that certain MTS management knew already that Karamovov was the beneficial owner of the Shell Company. In 2008, MTS and another Karamovov Shell Company uh, paid $30 million for the Shell Company's uh, repudiation of certain telecommunications frequencies and reassignment to MTS's subsidiary in Uzbekistan. Eventually, the due diligence report confirmed Karamovov's interest in the Shell Company based on public reports. Despite this report, MTS moved forward with transactions involving the Shell Company. In securing board approval, MTS management, however, did not disclose the due diligence report nor the true nature of the transaction to the board. In 2009, MTS acquired Colorit, an Uzbek advertising company, at an inflated price of $39.6 million in order to compensate Karamovov and continue to operate in the Uzbekistan market. Internally, MTS management raised concerns about the valuation of Colorit and Karamovov's uh, beneficial ownership interest in Colorit. An additional due diligence investigation was conducted, which concluded that it appeared that Karamovov had a hidden ownership interest in Colorit. Notwithstanding this issue, MTS management pushed through the transaction, knowing that Karamovov in fact owned Colorit and would benefit from the transaction. MTS management did not provide information about the inflated valuation or Karamovov's alleged interest in Colorit. Finally, in 2012, MTS paid approximately $1.1 million in bribes to entities controlled by Karamovov as charitable payments and sponsorship fees. Well, let's take a step back. The MTS uh, enforcement action stands as one of several significant prosecutions in FCPA history, given the amount uh, of the penalties involved and the fact that we have individuals prosecuted. The breadth and depth of MTS's corruption scheme stands as another example of sort of a systemic bribery culture 
The details of the enforcement action underscore several important trends in enforcement policy. So let's review some of those significant lessons learned and trends. Um, Let's start with application of the FCPA corporate enforcement policy. MTS was not able to earn any benefits under the FCPA corporate enforcement policy for a variety of reasons. First, MTS did not voluntarily disclose its conduct. In fact, DOJ initiated the investigation after sending an inquiry to MTS based on information learned during the Vimplecom and Telea, uh, Telea Sonera investigations. Second, MTS failed to fully cooperate and delayed responding to requests and producing information to DOJ and the SEC. Third, MTS's remediation efforts were deficient and it failed to discipline a number of senior executives involved in the conduct. Individual prosecutions, the indictment of Karamovov and Akhmetov uh, reflects DOJ's increased focus on individual prosecutions. And this is not surprising because this was the objective of the Yates Memorandum and the FCPA corporate enforcement policy. Last year, there was a significant uptick in the individual criminal prosecutions, up to 26, and so far DOJ is on a pace to increase individual prosecutions this year. The cognizant prosecution of the former president and general counsel was an important prosecution and uh, prosecution of notorious corrupt uh, officials. Karamova shows that DOJ is dedicating more time and effort in prosecuting individual violators. Another important point is culture, culture, and culture. The factual statement surrounding the MTS scandal shows that during an eight-year period, 2004 to 2012, MTS was committed to a systemic bribery scheme to advance its telecommunications business in Uzbekistan. When the new MTS executive properly raised concerns about uh, financial transactions with Karamova-controlled shell companies, the MTS executive was isolated and contained. Similarly, when the due diligence report confirmed or raised risks associated with these shell companies, MTS executives suppressed the information and failed to disclose such information to U.S. law firm retained to review the transaction and to the board in reviewing and approving the transactions. MTS's culture was built on a culture of bribery, and MTS ignored important controls requiring senior management and board review of transactions. A third important trend was United States jurisdiction and how you interpret that. MTS fell under DOJ and SEC prosecution uh, uh, jurisdiction for three basic reasons. One, MTS traded stock on a U.S. stock exchange and filed SEC reports. Two, MTS actors used email accounts based in U.S. servers. And three, many of MTS's illegal bribery payments uh, traveled through U.S.-based correspondent accounts. Aside from the SEC jurisdiction, the two prongs for U.S. jurisdiction demonstrate the aggressive approach and dangers of minimal U.S. conduct resulting in U.S. jurisdiction under the FCPA. 
There's no evidence to suggest that MTS officials knew that they were using email accounts housed on U.S. servers, nor is there any evidence that they knew that the financial transactions traveled through U.S.-based correspondent banks. Another interesting trend here or uh, point was adherence to internal controls. On paper, MTS apparently had compliance and accounting controls governing acquisitions as well as charitable and sponsorship payments. Notwithstanding these policies and controls, MTS executives ignored or circumvented these policies. This course of conduct begs the question of where were the enforcers, the gatekeepers, and internal actors with authority to prevent improper transactions. In the end, a culture of bribery trumped written internal controls, and no one from the board, senior management, or legal compliance appeared to stop the suspect transactions. Well, that's it on the uh, MTS transaction, uh, MTS settlement, and um, I hope this gives you sort of a flavor for what occurred uh, in this enforcement action. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At Ethical Companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption Chronic Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals.